Granite Shoals. I cannot describe the picture other than extremely glorious <coughs> and just the light is just I don't know, iridescent and bright. I don't know, I can't even explain it. On the bottom, there's water coming up to the shores. And around the shore and the water, there's stones, precious stones, jewels, emeralds. These stones will be the stones that go into the crown of the citizens of Granite Shoals. Ooh, that's right. Did that sound okay? All in favor? Amen. Amen. The angel part, knowing that, and, and for, for anybody who's ministering here, whether it's in civic leadership like Shirley is, or whether it's in uh, pastoral spiritual leadership, um, it's important to know. And, if you're, and if you're here and you're engaged in reaching out in Jesus' name in this community in any way, it's important to know that we are not alone. Uh, we are we're not alone. Was it like was it Elijah or Elisha who um, who, who was being attacked by the Assyrians and and his uh, had a servant named Gehazi and. Gehazi was kind of like, oh, we're all surrounded. <laughs> what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What, are we gonna, we, um, what shall we do? And uh, so Elijah just said, uh, Lord, open his eyes that he can see. And at that moment, it was like the, the clouds were rolled back. And there, was the, there were flaming chariots and 10-foot tall angels just filling all of the sky. Um, and uh, and so Gehazi said, well, "Why didn't you tell me so?" Well, you didn't say that, but anyhow, we we constantly make the mistake of thinking that we are in this by ourselves. Like when Shirley's standing firm at the city council about something, she feels like, "God, I'm the only one who cares." And pastors the same experience. God, I I feel like. Uh, we are the only one who cares, and nobody else in Grand Shoals even cares. That's, uh, that's that's really not true, because not only is this community filled with people who love Jesus, and we met some of them yesterday, uh, uh, but the heavens are full of angels who are warring to accomplish God's vision and God's purpose and God's plan. So, let's do an amen again. Amen? All right. Okay. Thank you, Gloria, for sharing that. Oh, did I just... Huh. I just... Oh, I, there, I got it back. Okay, I, I think there's a picture in here. Unconditional surrender. That's the title of today's message. Um... So, so this is a, this is a person who's well known to all of you. Um, do you remember what his name is? 
Right? Keep coming, keep going, keep going. Yes, that's right. That's King Nebuchadnezzar. This is good old King Nebuchadnezzar. Who's, uh, yeah, this one, it's, it's because the, they got a, this is part of a big sculpture or actually a big, a big engraving that's a wall. And so there would be more wings if you could see the lion or the flying lion or whatever it is. But this is, this is getting as close up. King Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of Babylon and who was responsible for destroying Jerusalem in about 500 and some odd B.C. and hauling all the inhabitants of Jerusalem back to live in Babylon um, for 70, they stayed there for 70 years. Some of them stayed there forever. So, and you may be wondering, wait, I thought we were studying the book of Acts, um, which we are. But, so just keep this guy's face in mind because he will, he's going to play a part in our story just a little bit later. Um, all right. So last week we talked about how the, the whole, the power of God is causing the whole church to explode where that um, so many miracles and signs and wonders are taking place by the apostles among the people uh, that they, they couldn't even, they couldn't stay in the upper room anymore. Um, and they didn't have time to go into a building pro- program to build a new building. So they were actually meeting at a big uh, Solomon's portico, a big porch out on one side of the, the temple compound. It wasn't in the temple but it was on the temple compound. They were just gathering there. And people were coming to hang out there. And the apostles were there for most of the day. And they were uh, praying for people and telling people about Jesus. Uh, the, the general population was a little bit freaked out by this. And they, they didn't want to get too close because they weren't sure what was going to happen to them. But they were just so fascinated that they, they had to keep coming. They had to keep seeing what it was going to do. And all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women were constantly being added to their number. But this, the, in the mathematical sense, I told you last week, this is, uh, this is a description of not just adding like, and we added Anna, and we added Natalie, and we added Karen, we added Shirley, we added four people. It was like uh, Natalie came and she brought 20 people, and those 20 people brought 20 more people, and those 20 more people brought those 20 more people. It was an exponential multiplication. It wasn't, this is not talking about addition, one plus one plus one plus one anymore. This is talking, by this time, it's gone. You know what the word is that we would use today? You know, it's gone viral. It's just gone everywhere. And people are just piling in. And there's so many sick people. I mean, the the, the crowds are so huge that... uh, that you couldn't even get sick people anywhere close to people, so to, to Peter and James and the apostles. So they just started carrying sick, sick people out and putting them on the streets and hoping that when Peter walked by, uh, at least his shadow would fall on them and, and they would get healed that way. And the people from the cities in the vicinity of Jerusalem were, were starting to come together. In other words, this has gotten, it's jumped uh, the fire break. It's jumped out of Jerusalem now. It's going to all the little cities around Jerusalem. The people are coming in because... This is such an amazing event that's happening. Uh, people sick, people afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all being 
healed. So, everything's going great, right? What, what's the thing that you have to sort of be aware of when everything is going great? <laughs> Beans and what? Expect the best, prepare for the worst. In other words, um, when, you know, so um, Isaac Newton said in terms of physics that for every action there is an equal but opposite reaction, and the same thing is very often true in the spiritual realm. Whenever something spiritually positive and powerful is taking place, there's going to be from the enemy uh, uh, an equal but opposite reaction to try to push it down. So that brings us to our scripture for today. But the high priest rose up along with all of his associates, all of his homeboys, uh, namely in the sect of the Sadducees, and they were all filled with jealousy. And so they laid hands on the apostles and they put them in a public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord, there's those angels again, an angel of the Lord opened the gates of the prison. And taking them out, he said, go stand and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life. And upon hearing this, they entered into the temple about daybreak and began to teach. So the first thing I noticed about this actually was the last thing. They, they went at dawn and started preaching, teaching in the temple. Um, I kind of get the impression that that wasn't their general habit, but I guess since they were already released from prison and it was in the middle of the night, they decided to get an early start. So, so that's the first thing, is that this was like starting at dawn. And, but let's go back and spin a little bit more of this story. The high priest rose up, along with his associates, the Sadducees. So, you, you know, there were basically three different large, I'm going to call them, it's not really political parties and it's not really denominations. It's kind of like a little bit of both. Uh, in Jerusalem, um, at the time of the early church, there were the Pharisees. We, we all heard about the Pharisees. The Pharisees were very zealous about understanding and practicing all the little bitty tiny interpretations of the law. The Pharisees worried themselves to death over whether or not we're going to accidentally violate some of these rules. And so they, they wrote entire encyclopedias to analyze each possible way in which you either could accidentally violate or, accident, or, or, or fulfill every little jot and tittle of the law. They like took the Ten Commandments and turned them into ten million commandments. And they were crazy and they were unreasonable and there were rules for everything. And in their hearts, their desire was to honor God. But their idea was, if we can just figure out a way that we never even accidentally break any of God's rules, then we'll be okay. So they're very zealous. Um, and uh, they gave Jesus a hard time. Well, then there was this group called the Essenes. Um, we don't really actually hear much about them in the New Testament, except for the possibility. Some people say that maybe John the Baptist was a member of the Essenes because they were hermits. They were recluses. They, 
um, they were ascetics. They, they lived outside the city. They kept to themselves. They just um, wanted to be close to each other and be close to God and study his word, but they, uh, they had some weird ideas, and so we don't talk about them very much. But then there were the Sadducees. And the Sadducees were the most powerful of the three sects. The Sadducees were, if, if you're thinking of this in terms of, uh, of Congress, uh, the Pharisees would be like in the House of Representatives, and the Sadducees would be senators. Uh, they had... They were all descended from priestly families. They had; they were all extremely wealthy. Uh, the Sadducees controlled most of the political power uh, for the the Jewish culture. They um, they had the power to to arrest people, throw them in jail. They they had the, the responsibility to make sure that. Uh, the Jewish law was enforced. They weren't nitpicky about the the law the way the Pharisees were. Um, they just they just mostly said, "Look, let's just stick to the five books of the Old Testament and let's go with what's there, and we'll be cool." But aside from that, they didn't care whether you actually tithe from every different crop in your garden. Uh, knock yourself out if you want to. But the, the main distinguishing characteristic about the Sadducees was that they were what today we would call liberals, ultra-liberals. Um, they didn't believe in the existence of the spiritual realm. And they believed that when you were dead, you're dead. There's no resurrection. Um, they believed that in this life, we're supposed to, to live a good life and, and try to obey the law. But they didn't have anything, didn't want to have anything to do with this notion that people were going to be raised from the dead at the end or that there was, that there was a heaven that people went through. They, they believed that everybody, when you died, your, your existence went to this place called Sheol where you just sat around and did nothing. Just, it was a place of, of no colors, just black and white, just boring, just um, like you were trapped between two dimensions and couldn't get out if you watch science fiction stuff. Um, that was it. That was it. The end. Uh, so take your best shot now. That's the Sadducees. And so the high priest was pretty much always a member of the Sadducees. He was, and there was a, there's this organization called the Sanhedrin, which was kind of like their Congress. And there were Pharisees and there were Sadducees, both members of that, but the Sanhedrin always had the most power. And when Peter and John and the New Testament church started to bubble up, they were filled with jealousy because, because, because. <laughs> they were threatening their status, threatening their authority. Um, the, the Sadducees, the first thing the Sadducees thought was, these people are running around claiming that the government, like, like us and the government, killed Jesus. And what if there's a revolt? What if there's an uprising? What if these people go nuts? And the Romans blame us because we're supposed to be keeping order here. 
the, the Romans have basically left us alone because we promised them that we would use our authority to keep everything in order. And if these people get out of control, they're going to get us fired and we're going to get thrown in jail. Second of all, they were talking about somebody being raised from the dead. And what is it that Sadducees don't believe in? They don't believe people right get raised from the dead. And so the last thing they want is somebody going around claiming, especially demonstrating or proving that somebody raised from the dead because then make them look like chumps. So, and they didn't want their power usurped by this new group. It was hard enough keeping the Pharisees and the Essenes in line. And now we have these little Christians coming around. We've got to nip this in the bud. Nip it, nip it. Was it that, that Barney Fife used to say, Andy, Andy, we've got to nip this thing in the bud. Nip it, nip it, nip it right now. Remember that? Anyhow, uh, gonna, we, they wanted to nip this thing in the bud, so they had them arrested. This is actually the second time Peter and John have been, arrest, been arrested. Remember, it happened in chapter 4. Now they get arrested again. Um, We've just got to stop these people. We've got to stop them now. Okay, so the angel came. Let me just tell you this. Whenever it is that you think you're trapped, whenever it is that you're trapped, and whatever it is that you believe you're trapped by or in or with, you aren't. Because God will do whatever it takes to get you out of where you're not supposed to be and get you to where he wants you to be. In this particular case, he sent an angel. Um, The angel opened the door. He said, let's let's blow this popsicle stand. here's, Here's what I want you to do. This word from, word from God just wants to come to tell you, I want you to go and I want you to stand and speak to, the whole, to all the people in the temple. Go back to the scene of the crime. You, most people would think, wow, we got busted out of jail. We, now we've got to hide. We've got we to get to lay low for a while. We need to get out of town. Uh, we need to go to Mexico. We need to go to Lano. We need to go someplace where, uh, where nobody will ever think of. To find us. No, the angel said, just go back where you got arrested before. Just head on back because what you were doing before is what I want you to do. So just go back. Go back to the scene of the crime. And this time, I want you to speak the whole message of this life. This life meaning their life in Jesus. Speak the whole message. Don't pull any punches. Don't hide anything. Don't hold anything back. Turn it up to 11. And, and keep on telling people about Jesus and telling them about the life. And here's the interesting thing. Uh, upon hearing this, they entered into the temple about daybreak and they began to teach. Now, this is the first time this word has come up in the book of Acts. Except, uh, um, in Acts chapter 2, it's referred to generally. But up until this time, Peter and James have been preaching. They've been declaring the Lord a bolt with boldness, declaring his word with boldness. Now, what we've got is, because the angel said, I want you to, to give them the whole message of this life. It's like, break it down. Break it down. Just not, all these people that are coming to hear you now, they know the basic message. Now just lay it on me. Just hit them. Just hit them with everything. Give them the whole load. Because we, we need to get this word out of here to everybody. 
So, so here's Peter and James and John, Peter and John, I guess, and this is their second time in jail, and they're being threatened with things worse. God delivered them and sent them back. God delivered them and sent them back. I, I just remind you of this. I said it already. No matter how it feels, whatever it is that you think you are trapped by, no matter what it is that you think that you are imprisoned by, no matter what it, it, you think that you're in bondage to, what, no matter what you think ha- has power over you, God always has a plan and the power to get you unstuck, to get you out of jail and back into his plan. Sometimes you have to take risks. It's not like, fly, be free. Now you don't have to worry about anything anymore. I've set you free, so go and be blessed and have an ice cream cone. Uh, I'm setting you free because I have a purpose for you. I'm, I have set you free. I am setting you free because I have a purpose for you. And in this case, it was go back to where y'all got arrested again. And this time, do it good so they'll come back and arrest y'all some more. Well, obviously, that's what's going to happen. And so instead of, I mean, it didn't even hesitate. It wasn't like, oh, wait a minute. If we, if we go back there, we're just going to get in trouble again. If we go back there, we're going to get arrested. If we go back there, it's going to turn bad. I'm glad to get out of this jail thing, but I just want to have, I just want to get a decent night's sleep. I want to go see a movie. Uh, I wanted to go to Chick-fil-A and have one of those little lemon drinks, frozen lemonade. Those, whew, I, want, I, don't want, I don't want to go back and get arrested again. No, they, they didn't hesitate. It was like, Bring it on, devil. All right, we'll just go back. We are going back. So that's the trade-off. I just want you to understand this. God always has a plan for getting you unstuck. God always has a plan for setting you free. I don't know what it is, whatever it is that you think you're stuck in or what's imprisoning you or what's holding you back. But God has a plan. We're setting you free. It may involve angels. I don't know. It may involve Gene Hall. It may involve, I don't know what it may involve. But God has a plan for getting you stuck out of whatever it is that's been burdening you and holding you back. But he doesn't set you free just so you can be, woo-hoo, He sets you free because he has a destiny for you. And that's the trade-off. He sets you free, and then he may tell you, all right, go back to where it all started. Go back to this new challenge that still that looks scary and overwhelming. But just trust me. Go back and do it. And that brings us back to Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, did anybody get the reference to the title of the slide? What you're going to do, what you're going to do, what you're going to do when they come for you. Okay. So basically, that's the choice that the apostles had to deal with. There's no doubt that they're going to come for you. 
What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You, you can stay in prison if you want to. We're going to get you out. They're going to, you know, equal opposite reaction. You're going to have a breakthrough. They're going to come at you. They're gonna, the devil never quits, you know. So what are you going to do when they come for you? Keep on teaching. This time the whole message of the word of life. All right. So anybody recognize what this is? That's right. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and the angel of the Lord. Um, And you can make the argument that the angel of the Lord uh, was actually the physical manifestation of God, or in this case, Jesus. Uh, But that's never really spelled out 100%. So does anybody remember the story? Tell Tell me the story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and their trip in this fancy Babylonian sauna. Nebuchadnezzar. Remember Nebuchadnezzar? You saw a photograph. You saw the 500 B.C. version of a photograph of him just now. Can you imagine what it would be like to take a selfie in those days? Yeah, that's right. So, so this is the actual quote. This is... I decided to put the letters in like this. Maybe you can read them. Okay. But here's, the, here's the quote from uh, Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar is saying, look, if you don't worship, you're going to immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? Do you really believe that your God is going to deliver you out of my hands? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer concerning this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But even if he does not, even if he doesn't, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. We're just not going to do it. And so if you want to shove us into a fire, go right ahead. Because, 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 even if he does not deliver us, we would rather go into the fiery furnace trusting in our God than stand out here and worship you. <laughs> we, I, I, so this, okay, this is my example of unconditional surrender. Usually when when you think about unconditional surrender, you're looking at an overwhelming army that's defeated an army, and now that army is demanding the unconditional surrender, uh, or we're going to wipe you all all out. But there's also another kind of unconditional surrender. There is the choice that we all have to surrender to Jesus without giving him any conditions. 
without saying to him, Jesus, I will serve you, but. Jesus, I'll surrender to you, but. Here's a few of my conditions. Here's what I'd like for you to do. Here's what I'd like. This is how I'd like for you to change. And Jesus, whatever you do, don't send me back to that temple uh, to get arrested again. Um, don't, don't send me to Africa to be a missionary. Uh, don't. Well, you can fill in your own don'ts. We all, we all have our own don'ts, right? Jesus, please don't. Back years and years ago at, at the old Central Christian Church, we, had a, we did a youth musical. And there was a song in it. Crystal was in this. Uh, I think Tyson sang this song. I'd, I'd rather go to Africa than, basically, I'd rather go to Africa as a missionary than, than be required to, to be a witness at my own high school or be a witness to my own friends. I'd rather go to Africa than to Marble Falls High, something like that. <clears throat> no conditions. You unconditionally surrender to Jesus. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> Do you see? Yes, yes, Lord, I believe that you'll rescue. I believe our God will rescue us. I believe our God is faithful. I believe that God will rescue us. I believe that God will heal me. I believe that God will deliver me. I believe that God will provide for me. I believe that God... But even if he doesn't, in his wisdom, even if he doesn't, I still want my, my life to honor him. Even if it, no matter what the price, no matter what the price, I'm going to be obedient to him. I'm going to, I'm going to surrender to him without conditions. And he will be glorified in my life. You know, this, this, this comes up. Another verse just popped in my mind from Philippians chapter 1. Um, where Paul's, Paul's in prison in Philippians chapter 1. And people are saying, Paul, are you okay? Are you going to get out? Um, a lot of people are afraid he's going to be executed. Paul says, it really doesn't make any difference. Whether I live or whether I die, God's going to be glorified. I'm going to make sure that God's going to be glorified in my life, no matter what. If he wants me to come home, if this is the end, he's calling me home, great! If I'm stuck here with y'all because you still need me, okay. But whether I live or whether I die, God's going to be glorified. God is not obligated to meet my conditions. God is not obligated uh, to answer my prayers the way I want them answered. And even if, But even if he doesn't, I am still going to trust him. I would rather go into the fire trusting God and be barbecued than to stay out here and compromise any longer with forces that I know are not from him. Including you, Nebuchadnezzar. And then they went to the fire. And we all know what happened after that. They weren't alone. They came out. Jesus was in there. He was protecting them. They didn't even smell like smoke. So, let's just... 
unconditional surrender sounds hard. I'm not going to tell you that it's easy. But unconditional surrender sounds hard because we, th- we start thinking about all the ways that it might hurt. But the apostles didn't think about that. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't think about that. And Job, who in chapter 13 says, even if God slays me, I'm still going to trust him. Didn't think about that. They believed that God will cause all things to work together for good if you trust him, if you surrender to him, if you stop trying to figure it out and you stop trying to hide and you stop trying to run away, you stop trying to make excuses and you stop trying to play the victim. I would rather go into the fire trusting you, God, than to stay out here and be friends with the king. Be friends with the king. I don't, I'd rather be cooked alive than be friends with the king. Unconditional surrender. What conditions are you giving God right now in your life? What kind of conditions are you saying to God? God, I'm willing to surrender, but, but you've you got to meet me halfway here. You've got to be willing to go in the fire and see what God does. You won't ever know how faithful God can be until you step into the fire Because it's really in the fire where you get to meet Jesus face to face. Heavenly Father, I know there's a good chance that the minute we walk out the door, most of us won't even think about this sermon anymore. So I ask you right now, by the power of your Spirit, to convict us. Not in a harsh, scary way, but just in in an unavoidable, overwhelming, powerful way. He would show us where we are and where you want us to be. And God, I pray that every excuse, every condition that we raise up to you right now, I just pray that you would just smash Every one of them. Smash every one of them. I pray, Lord, that you would put a hunger in our heart right now by your Holy Spirit to surrender unconditionally. Let it all go and let you do what you want to do. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.